0: Namaste, motherfuckers, and welcome to Tantric Conversation, episode number 19, James Menefee. James Menefee is a frontman bass player for Long Arms, uh, formerly of River City High, uh, and also used to be my bartender back in the day when I used to frequent bars up there on the hill at Patrick Henry Pub. We spent a lot of time back then talking about music, and uh, he would sometimes let me. DJ, which was always fun for me, I don't know how much fun it was for everybody else, but I uh, love James, and he makes an interesting, I think, bookend for uh, Taylor Steele this week. Um, Taylor Steele being, you know, the m- more of my generation, a 40-something guy who uh, was involved in one kind of punk rock, hardcore punk, for many years in the 80s and 90s, and James, who's more of the pop side of things. But there's a uh, continuum of the pedigree of various Richmond counterculture bands, and there's they interlace and intertwine, and there's players that have been in bands with you know various other people from crossing the spectrum. It's not that big of a spectrum to cross, but um, it all fits together. It all goes together in this tapestry that we call Richmond. I just the more I do this stuff, the more I am really enjoying the uh, story that I'm piecing together here and there, the little bits of trivia and things I didn't know about, although I lived here most of my life, except for about eight years of it, maybe nine. Really, it's a, it's a treat for me to go out and get... To talk to all of these different people. And I really want to keep doing it. I've been managing to do it full time with some little bit of support from some folks. And um, I uh, really appreciate the people who have seen fit to support the podcast. Uh, Mr. Mac McCormick made a very generous show of support, and my friend Chris Salmon childhood friend even anybody else out there uh, you uh, find yourself feeling generous and you've been listening to these podcasts and you enjoy it and you enjoy the uh, the compendium of richmond personalities that i'm bringing together uh, help me keep doing it and grow it the donate page kick in a little bit of dough and you know if everybody who appears to be checking this out and listening to it made the most modest show of support we could i could really get get better at this and get some better equipment it will sound better think of that um but hey you're more important than your money so keep coming back um i'm glad that i have an audience at all and i'm really enjoying the feedback and enjoying this process i uh, honestly truly grateful that i'm able to keep doing it to the degree that I even am, because I'm, I'm really having an incredible time just talking to different people, and and then talking to people that have listened to the podcast, and um, I hope you guys appreciate what I'm going for here. Um, getting, you know, getting people talking. Love to hear more from any of you. I do have a, a, a place on the page that you can send me an email. You can also tweet at me. My Twitter handles on there. we have made a Facebook page. So please, feedback. I can take it. You're not going to hurt my feelings because I don't have a lot of ego wrapped up in this. And uh, even if I did, I don't care what you have to say. Just kidding. No, please, I really do care. Can't say something. Speak. Don't just thumb it up. Let's have a conversation. Leave a comment. Send me an email. Tweet at me. Be a part of the Tantric Conversation. So, let's go. Let's get on into James Menefee.
1: annoyed with me all the time.
0: Because you sing, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not very loud.
0: James Menefee, uh, you are the front man for Long Arms. Is that right? That's right. That's the name of your band, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's it. I don't, I'm not just interviewing you because you're in a band, you know. I'm also the front man for a Get band. Get closer to that mic. I'm also the front <laughs> man for a band called Fun Size. You better put that phone down because we're not going to have that. This is my time. A
1: band that w- I grew up with playing and we, we did a reunion record actually earlier
0: this year. That's good. Get yeah. your mouth right where you are, right right there. Right okay. There. That was good. Um, Fun Size. Yes. Is it a band that you were in high school with? Uh, I didn't know I was going to take, off, take yeah, my shoes off. Yeah, we're getting shoes off. dude.
1: I'm like, just so everybody knows, I'm keeping my shoes
0: on. <laughs> but you're I want to be take like Hank. I want to be like
1: Hank Williams Senior. I'm going to go out with
0: my boots on. Take you, yeah, but you're gonna you're gonna take your shirt off at some point. But right? I'm going to take my shirt off. Um, uh, what is, what is your musical history? Um, actually, let's go back to the very beginning. Where are you from? Are you from Richmond? I grew up in Southside. Yeah, you from did? here. Yeah. Southside. When you say Southside, you mean like actually Richmond Southside? I went to
1: Meadowbrook High School, so it's very close to it's it's right on the county city line it's not like you know Brander Brandermill it's like right over the city so it's it's basically the, the south side of the city
0: yes yeah, so you weren't in the county it's kind of a forgotten motherfucker it's kind of a forgotten <laughs> um part of southside is it's a forgotten part of southside why do you say that
1: because it's um it's it, it was the first part of southside that that was a suburb mhm and then everybody moved farther south,
0: farther west, right? And west and yeah,
1: yeah, farther west and farther south. Yeah. And so it's it, uh, it, you know, you know how it is. It's like it was the first like prosperous part of first prosperous Southside suburb. And, and then, then when it,
0: too many people came there, the really prosperous they, people wanted to get away. Kept from Kept on those. going and going. Right.
1: You know how it works. So it's like kind of the f- forgotten part of Southside, and now and now it's it's pretty rough over there now. Yeah. Lots of gangs and stuff. What is the? name? So I'm kind of. Kinda, that means I'm. What is it You
0: you said it, but I was screwing with the. uh, Equipment here. uh What is that part of Southside called? Meadowbrook. Meadowbrook. Yeah. Okay. Um, Whenever I
1: see somebody now that's from Meadowbrook or, or went to Meadowbrook, I always feel like
0: we're we're like uh brothers in
1: arms or something. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah.
0: Now, yeah, that, that's the whole Southside thing is kind of weird to me. Like, I never, I always thought of like, you know, when you get to Chesterfield, like that's farther south, but it's not. It's actually further west along, yeah, uh, yeah. along the river. It's like paralleling the West End. Right. Of Richmond, So, you know, even though the river kind of runs north-south, it, it winds and yeah. Bends no, you're on. right.
1: Absolutely. The, the geography is kind of kind
0: of strange. It's confusing. It's yeah. the same way. Like, you lived in St. Paul for a while. It's, the same, it's confusing the same way. Like, they, they call um, West St. Paul is actually south of the city, um, but it's west of South St. Paul. That explains why <laughs> the
1: replacements are so crazy. Yeah.
0: Well, it's very confusing over there. Yeah. The river all running all through there. Yeah.
1: That explains why Bob Mould's gay. Yes, and Grant Hart. Too. There's a lot of things that are and why explained Dave by how Perner wrote runaway Runaway Train."
0: And it's schizophrenic. You've got two cities that close together. Two, right. you know, normally you've got one urban area that uses your uh, context for urban shit, but in, out there you got two, six miles apart. You got St. Right. Paul in. I was actually there on
1: September 11th. I was in Minneapolis
0: this September. No, no, wait, it's not even happened yet. The yeah. September, 11th. Yeah. ten years ago. Yeah. yeah, what were you doing? Playing a show? We had a show,
1: um, and we had then the next night off, and we were. Chilling at this dude's house. We're at the guy's house, yeah. who was just he just got engaged to this this woman, and she was not psyched that we were staying. They had like kind of like a little <laughs> condo, and we were all camped out in the living room. And she <laughs> hated it. She was so mad. She was so mad. But then like the world ended, and then she felt real bad for How does being y- such a bitch to us.
0: This house right here that we're we're in is this just you and your girlfriend? Yeah. 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 It is. How does she like it when bands come over here and crash on the floor? Um, does
1: that happen? She, she she deals with rock and roll world. Yeah. Um, so she she understands, like she knows what it's like. But I also I haven't um, um, because I know that bands are just traveling. This is kind of like they're like Independence Day, the movie. Mm-hmm. They just like they they move to they they absorb all the resources in a particular area and, and move they move on. on. Yeah, that's bands do that. I know that. They I don't do have the to same destroy thing. anything. So though. I try to. Just I not <laughs> So I try not to have it. <laughs> they you know, don't. They band. don't
0: destroy the White House as they are coming through. Right. They just eat up your shit. Yeah, and they just take everything. Uh-huh. I know. I stink did it. the place up. So a I try bit. to
1: limit my my exposure to that as much as possible. There's a
0: conscientious way that this can be done. You know, you gotta you just gotta have the right boundaries when the bands come over your house. You know,
1: I, kn- I know right. uh, like the the when I was on River City High, we were on a label called Doghouse, and the guy who owned that label was a guy named Dirk. He had like a uh, wing of his house. You said
0: that really fast. What was the name of that label? Dog uh, Doghouse Records.
1: Okay. And, he had like a wing for mm-hmm. bands. He'd be like, "Go to the band wing. <laughs> stay there." You <laughs> know, like,
0: so yeah.
1: You just go over there, and that's where the bands stayed. And, and like it was it there.
0: was designed to uh, to, to absorb it rubber, the impact. It had rubber of the walls, band. And right? Copies of jugs, right? let like in the bathroom.
1: <laughs> and uh, and it also um had no beer like <laughs> the bath, <laughs> and they had like a uh, self and, like at the wall the showers that like cleaned the bathroom every hour, like autoclaved it so uh-huh. to clean it right. from all the yeah. jizz. <laughs> <laughs> <Jizz>. <laughs> yeah.
0: I was going to ask you just because I wanted to drop a literary reference um, have you ever read any Tom Robbins
1: uh, I've uh, only read Still Life with Woodpecker
0: well he wrote one called um, what, that one that has nothing to do with Richmond but he's written like two or three that right. have something to No, do there's, with a, there's,
1: a, there's a little bit of a mention in, about Southside in Still Life with Woodpecker
0: yeah and there's a mention about Southside and even Cowgirls Get the Blues right. I've and he, that, yeah. do you remember what he says in there no. it's a place where men know more about the carburetor than the clitoris Wow, <laughs> shit! Are you serious? <laughs> that is amazing, dude. Wow.
1: See, the thing is, I know way more about a clitoris than I do about a carburetor. You're so an exception, which I is why you don't
0: live there anymore, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. You had That's to why move I moved across down. the river. That was the thing.
1: <laughs> That's what they, they did. This thing when you're 17, they give you both. They put both in front of your Two diagrams, and then, right? <laughs> and then, find and the carburetor. And then, and then I was just like flicking the. I, I kept like spitting on the carburetor and like flicking right. it, and they were like, All right, <laughs> "You got to get out of here, kid." <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my god. He also said that this is a place where they will men will sell you everything they have which is nothing and kill you over everything they don't understand which is everything. About Richmond? About Southside Richmond.
1: Say that again?
0: They will sell you everything they have which is nothing and kill you over what they don't understand which is everything. Wow. Yeah, good God, he has got a bad rep, Southside. D- so, did he? Li- where did he live, though? He lived in Richmond. I, like, I'm not. Uh, he went to VCU, okay. like when it was still Richmond Professional Institute, right. and he, uh, you know, hung around the village like everybody, right. and like had a bunch of friends. And I think they also like lived in those row houses across from the library. There was right. a bunch of people that lived there, like, like Lyndon Row, John, yeah, Lyndon Row, yeah. Okay. There was a guy named John Paul miller who was a friend of his who's a character in the first book and yes and you i think if you go look into that richmond counterculture stuff you'll find out more about the group of people he hung out with but he got a a job at the richmond times dispatch out of college like because he got originally went to wnl got kicked out of there went to richmond professional institute became you know a a downtown gray street kind of guy and got a job at the times dispatch out of college and at one point he was something was going on there and there was going to be a story about sammy davis jr in the paper and the editors of the paper at the time refused to show put the picture of sammy davis jr in the paper or like on the front page and at that point he said i, I got to get out of this town and he looked at a map of the united states and he found the geographical point of the united states that was the furthest from richmond that he could which was seattle uh puget sound and he moved there that's where he shut he's, uh, up ever since yeah <laughs> that's the wow. story anyway that's the legend but, uh, That's insane. Did you did you find that when you grew up in Southside to th- uh, any of these stereotypes on any in a, any application? Wait, just
1: through? to throw out really quick, I just read this really great interview with um, with um, I'll get there in just a second. My brain's gonna take a second. Paul Anka uh-huh. and Paul Anka was talking about how, how Sammy Davis Jr. was was the most versatile and talented performer in history. Huh. And 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 that everybody, all those dudes, agree that Sammy Davis Jr. was the best. Like even even Frank was like, but he, he always had to be the boss because. But, but the fact that that Sammy Davis was black held right. him back so much. But he all had to those be the dudes, chairman of the board, right? Yeah. That's what, right. But all those dudes say without a doubt that Sammy was like the man. He was the he was the most talented performer they've ever seen.
0: I mean, this is like this is Richmond's, uh, or or actually, it was the whole. I mean, it was the whole country at that point. Yeah, you know. Uh, but it's it held on. I think it's hold, held on in Richmond a whole lot, like <laughs> Southside. Did you grow up with the Confederate flags being prominently displayed we had the, over there? You know, it was a,
1: it, they had those shirts in the early '90s that that were. Um,
0: you wear your ex, yeah, I'll wear mine. Exactly. Uh-huh. You know, you remember them, and yeah. uh, so
1: we had a lot of those in in our school. But um, but at the, I gotta say, now this is gonna sound really really weird, but. I kind of yearn for those days because you always knew where everyone stood. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, you're like, all right, there's the rednecks, these are the punks, you know, and this is everybody else. These, the, are, the, uh, these are the jocks. Uh, right. You right. know, and like, so. The rich kids. Yeah. Were there rich kids yeah, over there? Yeah. Uh, it, it was, they were dwindling at that point, but there were like some, they weren't, they were never really like, it wasn't like
0: deeper south. How did rock and roll and playing music get to be, did that start in high school? Yeah, it was, was just that? like
1: every other, you know, bored south side or bored suburban white kid thing, mm-hmm. you know, you just want to do something more
0: yeah well tell me how you did it though because it's not like every other oh uh, you don't think so well no, no, you you i want to hear your particular <laughs> take on it otherwise uh, what are we doing here right <laughs> We're just hanging out in <laughs> <at> my house
1: <laughs> um you uh i feel like it was just I, I feel like it's a story that's been repeated many times and it's a good story it's just it a, is, but it's tell a me story. the specifics yeah, of your story you know just um, okay you know you grow you you know i uh, how about
0: let's start with the subjective pronoun. I uh-huh. fell in love with
1: the Beatles okay. at like a very very young age, and I was you know, and then I you know I couldn't stop listening to them for you know eight or nine years, and then.
0: And which Beatles are we talking about? Like any Beatles or the early Beatles or the?
1: Um, at the time when I think when you're young, I. When one is young, <laughs> one often <laughs> finds the early Beatles right. are more palatable. I think that yeah. I, I want to like hold your l- hand and Yeah, I feel like Revolution Nine doesn't necessarily come to uh right come to fruition in a child's
0: brain. can't relate to that. Right.
1: But of course nowadays, like everyone has hit parents. So right. <laughs> so I'm sure like six year olds are, are love and happiness is a warm gun. Um but uh, at the time I was yeah, just early Beatles. And then um and then, you, and then there was like a brief foray foray into into Led Zeppelin, which is uh-huh. what every suburban kid has to do. Right. First. And then, and then I started listening to punk rock. But look, rock I'm like not going to f-
0: tell you this again. I want you to just tell right. me your story. Okay. Yeah. You're not speaking like a rock critic. Come right. <laughs> I will tell you again. I'm not trying to threaten you. What an just an <laughs> And then <laughs> what punk what rock found its way into my life. I want you to tell your story, because though. Because you know? I'm, okay. I'm telling you. All right.
1: Uh, I had a friend who uh-huh. lived across the street from me who who left town and came back and he brought punk rock with him. Yeah. And, and, and what um, what punk rock was that at the time? He park? was listening to all like Southern California stuff. So he was listening to like the descendants and uh.
0: The certain kind
1: genre of, of yeah, it was a very specific genre of punk rock. It was be it would be this Orange County thing that happened in the right. in the late eighties, early nineties. So it would be like this band Big Drill Car and Chemical People and Descendants, all and then bands that
0: were. Were the Adolescents them. one of those? bands?
1: Adolescents were kind of. they were a little more hardcore. Social Distortion. Social Distortion also like a little more hardcore, but not necessarily as like you know like Descendants were all songs mm-hmm. about like chicks and stuff. Yeah. So I had this like this 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 thing where it was a little almost a little metal mm-hmm. like a little pop pop metal kind of thing, but it was also. I mean, those guys like
0: distortion too. They're just not writing about like yeah. pharaohs and right. Egypt and my and favorite,
1: actually, of all those bands was was the Doughboys. They were from Canada, Toronto or Montreal, um, and um, and I, this stuff just kind of like came at me, and and I and I loved it. And it was like the thing I'd been waiting for because it was melodic, but it was still you know aggressive enough to where I was. It made me want to like start my own band. Mm-hmm. You know, I could play out my teenage angst and still be melodic, and then eventually, it, it was only it's only your days are numbered where you're like, I want to do this myself. Yeah. You know, it, the, 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 the thing about punk rock is great is, is, um, from the moons on down, you just, it just makes you want to do your, it makes you want to do it too.
0: Yeah. For better or for
1: worse. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're just like, I, I, not, and you start thinking like, I can do this, you know, I, I, but, but you don't mean that. I never meant I can do this in a, um, I could do this better.
0: No, but I, g- you I just want to do this. Right. I want to
1: be like I c- like, or you know, you are like I've always wanted to. T- you know, you grow up. St- I grew up singing and singing songs all the time, and I just never really knew how to how to how to transform that into actually being able to play it. So
0: and write your own right song
1: absolutely, and um, and so finally, punk rock comes along and it gives you this wonderful conduit,
0: yeah, where you can pour
1: all of this angst and frustration and um hopefully ability into this like one container. And
0: that's why these you got the book please kill me sitting there and I yeah. think it was it was Legs McNeil who was the one that coined that term. Right. And what they meant then was it was like an upstart. It was like somebody who had the audacity to pick up an instrument, to write yeah. a song and form a band. And that's the aspect of it. It's like these just these you know Was um, your Burroughs
1: who says I thought a punk was always somebody who took it in the ass. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which is true. That was later. Metaphorically. When they got record label. Record deals. I, fe- I felt like right. the thing is I felt yeah along the way. I've mm-hmm. been I've been punked many times in my life. Right, right. <laughs> and in
0: in an, in African American culture, a punk is you know somebody who's a chump, an idiot, a mark, you yeah. know whatever. But but they. But Why they are you
1: talking to me right here? I'm I'm just a punk. <laughs> <laughs> I've been punked many times.
0: Because your story is fascinating. <laughs> that even being a punk, you have this lovely home. It looks like there's some. Is that some? Actual pop art up yeah, there. Yeah, like there's, look,
1: there's a Tim Harris painting.
0: Is that a Tim Harris? Yeah, yeah it says really. by Tim Harris right yeah. there. I asked him to do... I love it. I love that dude so much. He's cool as he shit, He has man. no
1: clue. I'm, I'm, key, I'm like a, a baby around Keybone whenever I see them play. I just take notes. Were yeah, you at that pen.
0: most recent show at Gallery 5? I had to
1: work that night. I've been to the last... They've played like three in the past year, though, that I've gone to. Just
0: it, He really is an awesome mind. guitar player. God, he's so much fun to watch. Yeah. I love it. Did you ever get you were too young probably to see the burma jam days uh i didn't un-
1: i went i didn't understand it I was too young to really get why it was good like i was yeah. i was really young you know that was it was f- thirteen fourteen when I went to see my first burma jam show and and i uh somebody told me that it was like kind of ska
0: it's really supposed to be like live dub I but think. I didn't yeah but i didn't yeah. I, you know
1: i was looking for um y- you know my this the specials and then, right and then that was like the rootsy that was as rootsy as i got with sky you know i wanted it to be like a, a
0: i take that back it yeah. was i mean there was there were dub moments because i was i'm a little bit older than you what are you like 30 uh, 35 now okay i'm almost 10 years older than you i was like in college when they were playing at the metro and stuff like that so it's right. it was a little dub a little sky a little like it verged on reggae but also with a punk Right, You know, um, which is, you know, like The Clash doing that. I feel like I
1: would have loved it now.
0: Yeah. yeah. I tried to get him. I saw him at the museum pushing a, and he's an art handler at the Virginia Museum, and I, I tried to get him. I was like, come on, man. I want you to do the podcast. I also would like to get my hands on some Burma Jam, because I had the record, the emergency broadcast yeah. thing, but he was like, yeah, I think I got some, whatever. Sent him a message on Facebook. Nothing. So Tim Harris. He's too, too busy painting cool. shit for my house. Yeah. Is that a, is that? Did you buy that? Yeah, I bought uh, it at
1: Kirsten's Gallery.
0: Oh, right on at the Schindler Gallery. So, um, <laughs> you where punk rock makes it easy <laughs> for uh, somebody to s- imagine how they could do this themselves. Yeah, absolutely. That's yeah. that's
1: the beauty of 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 punk rock. You just you like I want to do this. I can do this, but I want to do this. Mm-hmm. But I feel like there's. It's really important to say. I said this earlier, but I c- I can do that. Isn't like a it's. I always feel like whenever I've said that in my life, it's always been an homage to everything before me. Yeah, you know, never like a, um, a, a any type of like one-upsmanship ever. No, you know, like you just like I, I I can do that. Like why why I feel it in me. It's, it has to happen. You know, but all this is over. This is all like over intellectualizing and doing it retrospect uh, retros- retrospectively. Right. At the time, you're just like you're a suburban white kid and. Y- it's like you're just drawn to you the guitar. You were a suburban white kid
0: because I was. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah I yeah, grew right. up right here in this neighborhood. Oh yeah,
1: That's, which is well, I, I think. Which I think children. is crazy. I yeah. can't imagine growing up in a city. You know.
0: Yeah, it was. It was very different. I mean, you got to encounter, uh, and this wasn't. This neighborhood was still a little wild uh, when I was a kid in yeah. the '70s. Um, there, uh, there were a lot of a lot of these houses. Like every couple houses was just stone empty, like falling That's down. So You know, weird. it was fairly blighted. Yeah, there would be dead dead animals in the street and No, that
1: doesn't happen in Southside. when I grew up.
0: Right. No. You were pretty nice in uh, the burbs. But uh, you know, like uh, you're you came at this at what you started you picked up your first guitar, and started writing songs how old?
1: Yeah. Um I st- I was playing piano um and then and then we we tried to start our our band started in 19 um 91. Mm-hmm. I was in 7th grade. I was 12. And so I started... I was I was playing piano. I was playing keyboards. We realized we needed a, a bass player. And so I just... And I was like, well, I'll be the bass
0: player because no one else is the bass that player. That is your main instrument? Right. But you it, play six strings. Here, right, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
1: long arms, I just play guitar. But all the bands before that, always bass. And that's, and, how, and that's how most people, most songwriters play bass is because, like, Paul McCartney was the same way. It was like, well, no one else is going to play bass. Right. I got to be that guy. You know, so, like, I just played I picked up the bass as my as my thing. Is
0: it easier to sing and play the bass than it Actually, sing and it is a guitar? Actually, no, it's
1: harder to sing and play bass because really? it's uh it's really you know the 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 beat isn't necessarily what your mouth is doing. Right. Playing strumming a guitar and singing is way easier.
0: You yeah. just um Especially if there's a lead guitar player in the band also. Yeah, that yeah, playing right. lead is a whole different
1: is 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 a little more like playing bass if you have to play Cause lead. Cuz
0: you can strum and stop strumming and stuff like that yeah. when you're singing if it's yeah. not fitting. You know, with your brain, right? <laughs> to yeah, do both, but as long as you've got that other guy, that's.
1: Bass players, singers are you know. There's you can count the successful ones. I feel like on Getty a couple Lee. hands, you know, yeah, Sting, Paul McCartney, yeah, uh, Liz, uh, Phil Lynett, Claypool, know. yeah, that's Claypool,
0: Phil Linet, Yeah, that's yeah. a good example. Yeah, that's where
1: i mean That's I, I always you know Phil and Paul McCartney, and then sometimes Sting. Those are my I look up to. You can't say Sting all the time because he's such a,
0: I don't he know, does think, Such a white guy. <laughs> I love Sting. I mean, know, that's the thing. I do, too,
1: sometimes. And sometimes I'm just like, I can't handle Sting right now. You know,
0: I, I wouldn't go see him now. Yeah. Like, and, and Stuart Copeland made some point not that long ago that he was like, in the 80s, Sting knew what was cool. I mean, nobody knew what was cool like Sting did from like the 70s to the 80s. Yeah. He always was right ahead of the game and always had the great idea and wrote the awesome songs and like knew how to look and everything. Yeah. And he was a complete fucking asshole. Yeah. Like a total goddamn asshole. Now he's hardly got any idea what's cool, and he's the nicest guy on earth. That's true. He's a that. That's <laughs> awesome.
1: I love Stewart's like Frank, uh, like discussions of Sting's character. He, he fucking hates. Will me. fucking destroy <laughs> Sting all the time, and I love it. And, he'll do, and Sting will do it back to him, but but he can't do it as well as Stuart because Stuart's just mouthy. He's a mouthy little bitch. Yeah,
0: he's got way too much ego to be playing the drums. Like, yeah. that's the problem. There's too many, you know, too much ego in that band. Yeah. Ironically, it's the fucking guitar player who's the chill member of the band. It's Andy. amazing
1: that, like, a lot of these bands, it's the singer and the drummer that have the big problems. You yeah. Know? Like, uh, Elvis Costello is the same way. Um, um, no, I take that back. Please, uh, retract that from the... From the you can there. just take it back now. That's just, uh, you know, Elvis and, and uh, Bruce Thomas, the bass player, didn't get along. Um, it's fascinating when it's, to me, just the inner workings of other bands. You well, know? to be at the amazing.
0: rhythm section, usually you have to be a, a, more of a of a person who has the demeanor and the kind of ego that is about supporting the big picture. Right. And like, in order to have the balls to stand out there and open your mouth and be the singer and like engage the audience and all that, you have to have a certain kind of ego. And... A lot of t- when that kind of ego is back there in the drum kit, it's uh, it's frustrated. Yeah. You oh, know? by the way, I was thinking
1: of Tom Petty and Stan Lynch. They they battle, they hate mm. each other. And yeah. Are you a big Tom yeah. Petty fan? Um, I go. Um, that's
0: nice. Ladies come in. That's the, oh, the, is that the mail?
1: That was the um, the uh, disembodied hand coming through. <laughs> Lurch delivers <laughs> me my mail in the afternoon. Um, yeah, Thing a, I like Tom Petty. Is the hand that oh, is just the lurch. Family. See, like I'm dropping. I'm ruining these references left you and right. Ready? So I, um, I love Tom Petty. Love Tom Petty absolutely, and, and I feel like I like more of Tom Petty. The songs that I don't like are fewer, far between than like you know. I would say the Police. Mm-hmm. Like I love some Police, but I
0: cannot stand some Police. What you is know. your favorite Police song?
1: I love Man in
0: a Suitcase. That's an awesome song. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. And um, Driven to Tears.
0: That's really incredible, too. That, those yeah. were, that's Zenyatta Mondatta. Yeah, yeah, th- that yeah. yeah.
1: Zenyatta Mandata, era is, is, my, is my favorite.
0: It was yeah. always to me when I was listening to the radio in the morning, if they played Driven to Tears and then it went directly on the radio, even, where they could have stopped it, they let it go into when the, the world was running f- down. Running down. Yeah. You, hear, you hear that ding snare ding, hit? Ding, ding,
1: ding, ding, yeah. Ding, I was like, ding, it's going to be a good day. Yeah. That's a great song.
0: It That's really a is song. fucking awesome, and yeah. th- that shit sounds good. They're amazing albums, and like, you know, I, at the time that you grew up on this, I grew up on this, so I wasn't analyzing that shit. It's just great music, and I like. I'm loath to do it now. Like, I don't want to take apart what the police are. They're just like the police, mm. you know. I don't want to say it's a little bit of punk, a little bit of reggae, and whatever. It's just the police, you know. Yeah. Did so? Did that? Uh, at that point so the bands that are influ do you remember actually I wanted to ask you this earlier do you remember when it was that you wrote your first song and you were like i can i can do this not only can i imitate mm-hmm. I, not only can i play the th- chords yeah. cuz lots of people never get past that like they can just play other people's songs or play chords and imitate shit and you when you actually wrote a song. Well, the
1: first the first incarnation of our of this band Fun Size that mm-hmm. started out when it was just there was just three of us. I was playing keyboards. Mm-hmm. I wrote my first song on on keyboard. What yeah. was it called? It was called The
0: Light. Ah, that <laughs> sounds serious. <laughs> <laughs> it's so embarrassing to talk <laughs> about. That is a loud laugh. You got you, you got when it. Yeah, it's cuz it's <laughs> so embarrassing.
1: And it was uh it was only and it was good because it was uh, th- three chords. The verse was the same as the chorus which is a very cool thing to do in music mm-hmm. which is a very Tom Petty thing to do and the bridge was minor which Give is Give me very an
0: example of that the verse being the same as the chorus well, and, and you can use Tom Petty if yeah, you Yeah, absolutely. Cuz um, more people would know that than your fun size. You song. wreck me. Uh-huh. You, you know, wreck
1: me baby. Yeah.
0: yeah. You wreck me baby. Same, so he's, he, same chords like in
1: the verse same chords in the chorus. Right. Um uh Refugee, uh, I mean Tom Petty just does it over and over again. He's he's so great. Even the losers get lucky. I mean, I think I'm every Tom Pizan i'm I can come up with right I'm now. I'm trying to
0: think of re- how. So you're saying t- that he t- says t- the words t- t- of the chorus t- 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 and the,
1: the the chords are the t- same, t- t- you know? Oh, oh. Yeah. He does that. He'll briefly be like it don't really matter to me. Yeah, like, that's like, that's, diff- kind like of like, a like, that's a little bit of a thing. pre-chorus. Yeah, pre-chorus and the chorus, okay. Okay. is the same as the verse. That's a very cool Tom Petty thing to do, and it just, it's just a good simplified way of writing a song. You, you, and the and the and the difficult thing is making that pr- that that verse and that chorus sound different enough to where you don't get bored as a listener, which is hard yet simple. Yeah, like rock and roll. It's very simplistic, yet it can be deceivingly difficult. Yeah. Know?
0: Well, here's the thing: is like you said, this has been done many times, right? Yeah. Like, uh, w- the the story of the 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 kid picking up the guitar and whatever but and we have gotten to the point where we're just like we lose the wonder at that but the but the there is it's impossible for everybody to do that exactly the same way right and even if they tried so it's the thing about rock and roll is it's this template in which whatever personality you're going you are is the only thing that's unique <laughs> <about> <laughs> you know right Yeah, whatever Whatever that your take is going to be on it. Yeah, Yeah. whatever your take is going to be on it. And and, um, me take
1: the like, please kill me. Like all those bands, you know, they were all, you know, they all, they all had each one of those bands had crazy unique takes on the same thing. Right, they all did heroin. They all drank a lot, and they all kind of had things were a little. I feel like there was, there were less. They had less things to draw from then because this was like thirty years ago, Mm and there was less. Music. I feel like there's so much music now. It's yeah, but control. it seems like it's repeating but itself. But that might be relative. Right? That might be relative. Yeah. You know, I don't know. But I, I just... I don't think I'm wrong in the sense because... They the could,
0: they didn't have as access to as much exactly. stuff. Exactly. And the right. difference
1: between... I say this all the time. Think about the difference in your... Between 1963 and 1973. Mm-hmm. That is fucking fascinating. Yeah. Pre-Beatles. So girl groups, Beach right. Boys to 1970, to Motown, th- Motown right. to 1973. Yeah. I mean, oh my God, dude, you've got the Beatles, whole career, and then you've got psychedelic rock, and then you've got arena, and then, and then arena rock, and then, and think about the difference between what is, what, 2003 and 2013. And what is the it's difference? You th-
0: like, if you had to break it down, if you wanted to like intellectualize it, because we just said this, I said this about the police, that you want to do that, but when I listen to the Beatles now, I go, well, that thing that sounded like some really weird shit that Paul McCartney just completely made up is some old, you know, World War One era parlor tune from a bar that he felt authorized to bring into, you know, and and then suddenly you've got when I'm 64 type of a song or you've got. And and their weird instrumentation or recording of it makes it somehow trippy and bizarre, but it's actually a very old musical style that he's repurposed. So, like, Alan Freed, you know, the guy who did the... the, the disc jockey, Cleveland. Right, Cleveland. uh, Supposedly, he had the first rock and roll concert, which was called the Moondog Moondog Coronation Bar. uh, Ball. Moondog Coronation Ball was the first time white kids and black kids showed up at a Rhythm and Blues show together. Right. And he was the one that started calling it rock and roll in order to distinguish it as a separate thing because it wasn't. It was all just, you know, this one thing. But in order to sell it, to another audience, he started calling rock and roll. He said rock and roll is a river that has absorbed many streams. So, like, would you say that um, what made it different, like, the girl group stuff to the Beatles in 1973 or Neil Young in 1973 or the Rolling Stones and then What's really different? Like... You know, there's th- we think of this culture as changing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But they were doing heroin, and Billy Holiday no, was doing heroin. Right. Drugs were not anything necessarily new. Charlie Parker was doing heroin.
1: Those dudes, well, you know, as, as always, the black culture is light years ahead of the white culture. Right. Always.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I see, I, again, I'm not, like... This culture is together, yeah. like this white and black culture in America is actually the same culture. Yeah, we we have a tendency to like, and it's just sort of without being challenged, often said it's one thing or the other. Yeah, no, but it's not. Right. It doesn't exist in a vacuum. None of it right. does, right? Yeah. So, um, I, I think there were probably, I think the difference maybe is, um, the the level of uh, pain that <laughs> was underlying what was being made by black artists and African-American artists right. like the, the pathos, the fucking, you know, the suffering yeah. behind that the feeling of like being cut off from the past. I mean, that's just a lot more fucking shit to channel yeah, the music lot more to than about. like, you know, I'm just a broke ass cracker. Right. You know, um, but like, you know, the Rolling Stones are still playing the blues in 1973. Right. Right. But they're uh, they're doing cocaine and heroin and drinking a lot and they're right. dressed up in this glam style then and they're living in the south of france mm-hmm. making this music but if you really listen to it the music's not that different it's just the culture it's reflecting has changed a lot would you i mean I, no, or I do s- you agree or disagree no like
1: I, I i completely agree yeah
0: because exile on main street is not different music than what robert johnson was making is
1: it i i th- that's a, that's a really good point um you know i i think that whatever you Whatever you're recording and writing is a sum total of your experiences, right. and the thing that differed gr- drastically are their are their experiences, right. you know, and um, you and know. the context of when that
0: music was yeah. Being made, yeah, right.
1: And they were probably about the same age. Both both records were made. I, you know, Robert Johnson was about 27 when he recorded all those, and I think that probably, what, how old was everybody in when 73? I feel they were about 27. Yeah, probably. had they had they cracked their 30s yet? I mean, the Beatles, you know, they all broke up. That band was broken up and. Sixty-nine, seventy, 70, and they, none of them had turned 30 yet, so maybe they were in their lower 30s at that point. So maybe they were a little older.
0: Right, and the last music they recorded together, like Let It Be, right? Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's just rock and roll, rhythm and blues, with their little twist of like, English.
1: Was, was the last, but
0: Let It Be came out. After. But the stuff they could do in the studio was very different. That's the thing that's changing, is that you can have a different you can have multiple guitar tracks you can bring in sounds that you could not yeah. play on stage you cannot do live i mean the beatles this is what happened with them is they couldn't play live anymore right because their goddamn amps weren't loud enough to to drown out the screaming right so they just went into the studio and they started doing things to make an album that you can't reproduce on stage yeah. like you can't have a cymbal with a tape running from the cymbal stand into the tape machine and background. that's how they made a loop right back then yeah you can't have that on stage too good so maybe that's what changed
1: yeah technology is a is a big ad- advocate of, <laughs> of, of 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 i mean it really takes culture and stands it on its head you mm-hmm. know um the advent of recorded music is i mean that's you know that's that's changed everything, and home recor- home recording is he is now you know doing what, doing the unthinkable for music, and that right. is that everybody has <laughs> their own studio. Yeah. So everybody has access to making music. So there's you know a glut of music. I feel like uh-huh. it just cannot keep up anymore. I mean, yeah. Really, it's it's just insane.
0: I gotta just, like, let it s- sit back and let something ha- come to me that is going to, oh yeah. you know. Yeah, you
1: have certain people that you kind of trust to tell you stuff, and mm-hmm. you just kind of, like, you, and you just listen to them. And then sometimes you trust the wrong people.
0: <laughs> so we were, ba- um, I, I I guess I took this down a, a different road when you were you were talking about the first song you wrote, and it yeah. was called The Light. Yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. And this is in Fun Size? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, um. it, was, it was Fun Size,
0: Yeah. And then did you become like the were you already the singer were you guys doing oh I, w- I was at that point?
1: See, I, I was a singer, but I was also uh you know was I, I was twelve
0: uh-huh yeah, wow,
1: yeah, so eventually they were like, we need someone who can like <laughs> not sound like they're twelve, and I was like right, and you know, I was like, you're probably right, so we got um so I gave up the piano for the bass, we started writing like um we started we started pl- like covering like sex pistol songs mm-hmm. and stuff and then and then um. And then we it basically we all tried to sing, everybody tried to sing, and then we, we got like we actually got a legit singer and we started writing songs. Um and then that guy went off to college and then and then I had grown up a little more and so I started singing again. Your your balls
0: had dropped. A little uh, bit. Yeah. <laughs> a little deeper. Yeah, a little deeper. <laughs> we still sound kinda Not twelve m- sometimes. Yeah. You
1: know? uh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I definitely sound twelve on the early fun side of stuff. And that yeah, and so when um, and so I started singing then and that's and we recorded like our Our first demo but that wasn't until That was two years later so that was like um like 93 94 that's when we actually started being like a band playing out playing Uh, the metro let me ask you a question that
0: i was going to ask you before we were talking about the take that like say johnny thunders and richard hell and these guys had on on rock and roll then um there's this the aspect of the of the look you know (laughs) the appearance the style you know or the fashion or whatever was that something? I mean, you're a good-looking guy, and you've and you've Very got nice that going that. for you. You know, as a as a as a, as a frontman and stuff like that. Were you conscious? I mean did it, did it seem to you that like the vi- the visual like presentation was that always like in your thinking, or was it never in your thinking? Was it like you know this is part of? I mean, because you start doing the punk rock stuff, that visual is a big part of. Like by the t- by the '80s, it's like right. hair and piercings and torn.
1: Yeah. You know, and you know, I didn't I didn't even understand that that I almost didn't feel like that part of punk rock was was in me like in our sound. Mm -hmm. I didn't see at the time I didn't even know that what we were playing was punk rock at first. I I I didn't get it. Even though you were covering
0: those bands. Exactly the
1: the Sex Pistols and stuff to me sounded like a different style of music than like the descendants when I was a kid. Like to me that was like well, there's this style of of rock and roll that sounds like the descendants and there's a style of rock and roll that sounds like the sex pistols and i don't feel like the two are, are the same right. to me as a child like i was like and i didn't know what to call ourselves. like this whole term of pop punk right. didn't really i didn't it didn't really exist at the time people were calling the descendants like um when they were the emo core thing was floating right. around. So like people were saying it was emo, and this was like early '90s, and they were also because it was emotional hardcore. So, right, right. So you're like, so this and it's our emo core. And then there was like those those rec- record those those critic terms float around post punk, post punk right. alternative. You know, and I remember reading a review and someone called the Descendants like post punk alternative, and I was like, so I was like, oh, I guess that's what we play. Right, we play post punk alternative music. You know, I didn't really understand that it was. um I, I didn't really get that it was all just punk rock um
0: and and oops. even more than that chuck Berry, Wait. when asked what he thought of punk rock said what punk rock is just rock and roll just rock and roll yeah yeah absolutely
1: yeah um so you know i just um so i didn't i didn't i i didn't there were no safety pins i just we just i just wanted to dress different than the job. but you
0: guys and you guys also like so your appearance wasn't uh, a super conscious part of it? No, so? no, okay. no. I wish
1: it, we wish we would have taken more time to groom ourselves, let's put it that way. But then <laughs>
0: you're you're not even in high school at this point, yeah. right? We were like I was like you a just sophomore high school. in high school. Exactly. high
1: school. Just lanky white kids.
0: And uh fun size continued through high school. Yeah, man. Uh, we
1: went we stayed continued all through high school and all through college. And then me.
0: that guy went to college and that kinda
1: Yeah. Well th- yeah, and then when then I started singing and then it was like and then we and then we stayed in a band for I mean another five years after that put out a few records, toured a lot actually. Started touring. Wow. And um
0: Your parents let you do that, huh? Mm-hmm.
1: They did, yeah, yeah. I did um you know, I went on my first tour, um we were playing shows out of town uh, on the weekends. And I went on my first tour the day I graduated from high school. And then and then after that it was um you know every vacation, every weekend. We played a ton of shows um for a bunch of kids. We did a lot. And we got did a Did you good make any
0: money? Um mm,
1: Yes, we made some. I was That's impressed support, but yeah, by the end, I was impressed. We never ever asked our parents for money ever. They were not very supportive none of our you know my 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 mother and my father now are extremely supportive of my musical career at the time. they did not get it. My dad got it a little more than my mom, but my mom was horrified mm-hmm. and um and You know, your parents just want you to have something to fall back on. That's their thing, and but at the time I was, you know, I was going to college all the time, and I was getting great grades. So I was like, Yeah, why not? What can you say? Yeah. (laughs) Um, So um, we did. We never asked them for support. We we figured it all out ourselves. Um, they're actually the one guy who did help us out the most, who was our surrogate father was this might blow your mind i don't know if it will or not david triano who played guitar for for boy oh boy and finding gravity oh yeah who had his own label called bob records and he put out the first fun size record and tree was like he was awesome to us he we he put out our first record he gave us a credit card we went on our first tour in case we had any problems which we did we dropped our our, we dropped our transmission in our van we put it on his credit card um which we paid it back of course but we he fronted the money for us our last tour we needed a van we kn- we had to rent a van for a couple months he fronted the money for that like we always found ways because we knew our parents were like not feeling it yeah like they were feeling it to the point where they would let us do it but like financially they right. were they were like not trying to help us out which is another thing that annoys me about music these days because i feel like every parent <laughs> Like it helps their kids out. Well, they so probably much. rather
0: have them do that shit than the other shit they can get right, into right. now. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, exactly. I'd rather be in the damn basement in yeah. a playing music than right. Yeah,
1: so but, but I, you know, f- Fun Size we la- we broke up in in ninety eight ninety nine, and at that point we had we had we had toured a lot and we put out a few records and and we get we did a good job of. We came up just at this time when a lot of people were growing up and getting into punk rock too, so yeah. we had a, a, good, a good following. Where did
0: um, Fun Size give way to River City High. Right th- like
1: Right, th- like 99, um, Fun Size broke up, and I immediately, a like, couple of weeks later, met up with, with the first guitar player of River City High. Who was that? Kept, his name was Curtis Payne. Pa- pa- Patton, I'm
0: sorry, you're Curtis Payne. Curtis Patton. That's pretty sorry. good, though. Curtis I Patton. Say. Did I CPs. I yeah.
1: But Curtis Patton. Who is still around? He plays. Um, he plays in a band called Mild Ways right now. He's been playing pedal steel recently. He's Curtis Pat, good okay. dude. Um, he and I actually started River City Out together. But he was the first to leave. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. he didn't like the way it was going. He just, we just, he knew we were gonna start hitting the road like crazy. That yeah. was my thing at the time, where I was like, I was like, I'm gonna do everything because fun size. Some of the guys didn't want to tour as much as the other guys. You know, it was like this this thing where a couple guys didn't want to be on the road as much as a couple of the guys in the band. And it was, and you know, at the time I was like, this is the only way we're ever going to do anything. This is before the internet you know, you had to tour if right. you wanted to get if out there. If you wanted to put it out there, yeah. yeah. And,
0: and you, unless you, uh, I mean, back then the reason to get signed was that somebody could do all of that exactly. stuff for you. Exactly. You're exactly right, right. which is
1: why right. River City got got a great record deal eventually that ended up being the worst record deal ever. Yeah, well, but
0: let's, this is it's all coming back to me now. Like, all right, so I wanted you to tell me who were the original members of that band though real quick. It so was, we had it was, Patton. So mm-hmm.
1: Curtis Patton um, Alan Skillman, who played drums in Fun Size too, okay, and Mark Avery, Mark and myself. Avery. That's and that's the fr- that's, the, that's how River City I started, and then
0: and Mark and Avery played guitar too, right? Mm-hmm. So did you when Curtis left? Did you take on another guitar player? Or you know, did you I took like
1: on yeah, yeah. We did. We took on um, Cam Cam Denunzio. Oh yeah, played for, for this long, like for about six months, and he also was I, there. There's this book about like uh, Virginia, like punk rock history that What's someone put out. I don't know. I've never heard of it. I don't know. I it's out there somewhere, and this guy I think he went to JMU. He wrote mm-hmm. it. And Cam's, Cam's, um, Cam. What Cam said about River City High in this book is, um, they. I was. I was spending too much time and not making enough money to be in <laughs> River City High, <laughs> so I so I quit, uh, which is awesome. I mean, I fucking love Cam so not much. Not great punk rock. I know, yeah, exactly. And uh, and he was right; he's absolutely right. Yeah. Um, but, but then
0: you guys won the making the band thing. Well, then right? that was a couple years later. So this is this oh, is okay. we're talking. This is like 2000 for us. Okay.
1: So we were like, so within, so then we got an, another drummer who's, who, who Jay McMillan, who's now yeah, plays drums in, um, he was in Jack's Mannequin, and he's now. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And Bob.
0: Jay and Bob. And Bob Anderson. Right. So we got
1: those guys about four or five months apart. And that was when we became like the band that
0: toured. So the, I Be- forgot those two were like in River City High, mm-hmm. uh, Bob and Jay. They were in
1: resent for the most pr- productive, fecund, life-affirming part of River City High. High which fecund
0: is an interesting word to use when talking yeah. about. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So you had it was Mark, Bob, and Jay, and you in the in the period when it really when you did the making the band yeah. thing. Well, no. Right.
1: See, so then so we toured with these guys. Uh-huh. We, we toured for like three years straight got a got a got our major label record deal which is what which is which was the whole idea was we're gonna tour like crazy and we're gonna get a deal and we got one we did that you know it was like
0: the who was that goal. with mca mca
1: yeah oh and so we got there, we got our major label deal we, we we were on the road for for years and then and then the mca thing happened mca was like a it just stopped us dead in our tracks. We spent too much time writing the record, not enough time touring and remembering why we were a band. And being a band, and yeah, we, mm-hmm. and we totally lost focus of all the things, and it just put a huge rift in our band. Yeah, and we and and the MCA MCA goes out of business. The record doesn't come out that we spent you know nine months writing for three months recording, and um, we're back on the r- we find ourselves back on the road without a label. Without a booking agent, with a manager that doesn't really want to work with us anymore, because could you even really use the record
0: that didn't come out? No, because they own the masters yeah. of that. So we're d- yeah, so we're right.
1: like, we're just, w- and then, and then it was just so heartbreaking that, like, internally we just like we just combusted, and and Mark and I decided to keep the band going, and those two guys we parted ways with them, and they went on to very stupendous things. Themselves. This is Bob and Jay. Yeah, Bob right, and Jay. Yeah, yeah they yeah. both joined Jack's Mannequin. Jack's Mannequin, yeah. And they and they toured the world and 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 now that band's done. And yeah. now the singer of that band's doing his own thing. And Jay's yeah. playing drums and Bob's playing guitar for Bob John Legend.
0: It didn't. would it Oh, yeah. really? Would yeah. it, didn't Bob have a band in between? Because they like they opened up for Jack's Mannequin in Minneapolis. Yeah, yeah. He
1: he did he try to do the side project band the whole time. What was called, that called? Um, Bike Lock.
0: Bike Lock. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep.
1: And, uh, and they actually did it they did a show in Richmond one time um as a as a night for, I had a night off from Jack's mannequin show and it was uh,
0: those guys are yeah. kind of impressive to me i mean like in a lot of ways um not to cast any aspersions i mean Bob's a good guitar player there's a lot of good guitar players He's a great guitar player. Jay's a good drummer, there's a lot of good drummer. drummers, but those guys have exactly the right demeanor yeah. to like do this shit. Yeah. like they're they can party just enough they can hang with all of that stuff yeah. they don't go too far yeah. with it they can kind of keep their shit together enough to like do the actual business of touring and yeah. all of that it's i mean it's, it's pretty really impressive. crazy I mean, <laughs> we all came
1: up we came i mean you know bob had never played a show out of town when he, when he went on show on the road river city high j mac had 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 played like a few you Yeah. Know? i mean so these you know these guys were like you, you know, we were all still learning, you know. Yeah. And, but now, and Mark and I were like the seasoned vets at the time, yeah. you know. I was like,
0: you know, and Mark was from what Inquisition, Inquisition yeah, you know? yeah. So they,
1: they went, they, they really created a name for themselves. And Fun Size did too. It was different. Inquisition, you know, they, um, you know, they wrote serious, you know, political right. th- man songs because that and kid and Thomas was in strike anywhere, yeah, wasn't he? Yeah, any yeah, in Inquisition anywhere. Yeah. So they, and they, people love Inquisition. I did yeah. too. I was a huge fan, um, and still am, and, uh, and so people really. People really liked that band a lot, and they—they they should. They're a great band. Um,
0: so we. But were it was different f- from Fun Size. Very extremely that. different. Yeah, Fun Size
1: yeah. can write a political song to save our lives. It
0: sounds like it w- the name makes me think about Boy Oh Boy. It makes me think of like the uh, <laughs> like there's it's a they're going to be a lot of white kids with red plastic cups in yeah. the <laughs> audience. <laughs> yeah, I mean <laughs> it's know? not the
1: best name ever, but you do that thing where you pick a name when you're young, and you like Goo Dolls. You just stick with it. You can't. Like, this is us now. Yeah, and I what mean, you get we to own do? the
0: name, but it's just my initial, like, my first blush impression of that name is that it's, yeah. like, going to be more like a ska, like the Pie Tasters or something well, like we that. It, you like know, we
1: just put out this re, this this new record, and we were talking about our original guitar player who 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 opted out of the process because, fundamentally, he was he was over things like the name. Right. <laughs> he was <laughs> like, can we change the name? And we were like, we can't change the name at this point. He's like, well, name we, recognition. Well, why dude. not? And I'm like, well, because you know, there are people who will remember the band. I mean, I'm not saying there's, like, millions, but right. there's, like, a hundred. Right. <laughs> you know? right. And, like, i like for them to pick up the record, and I don't want to start it with a new name. And he's like, well, you guys are stupid because this name's terrible. And I'm like, well, you're <laughs> right. We agree. But we had, like, a, we had, philosophically... Nirvana's we, we is a we terrible were, name, too. Nirvana is an awful name.
0: But it worked out. Awful. It worked awful name. <laughs> and they all
1: made fun of the name yeah. Nirvana at the time. Soundgarden was the band that was supposed to get big. They were, yeah. like, the... They were the band Nirvana That's a lame like name,
0: too. They're named after a goddamn ter- sculpture. Terrible name. Uh, in a park, yeah. I think. In yeah. Seattle, right? In Seattle. So, uh, what happened? Tell me the story around the making the band thing. So, so this Bob and Jay... This is got to be Jay, a two-part uh, podcast, Bob, I think. Bob yes. and Jay
1: left River City High. We had auditions and tryouts. We tried out a lot of people. Mm. And what I learned from that experience is there's a lot of bad musicians out there because they mm. couldn't even play our songs, which aren't that hard. <laughs> and... um we tried to. I mean, I have like a. L- I still have a list of fo- a folder of all the all the emails we exchanged with people because it was just fascinating. I mean, we tried out like sixteen drummers and eighteen guitar players. I mean, they flew in from all around the country. It was crazy, and because we you s- were
0: big enough that you'd been on a major label, so mm-hmm. people were like, "This is worth." Uh-huh. Sure, it was crazy.
1: I you know I was fascinated mm-hmm. when people would fly out here, and the auditions went aw- terribly for months, and we s- we finally found two people that worked, and. And the drummer is actually still a long arms. And the guitar player is now in flood size. So these people are still... Is this shit well. and... No, no, no. See, these are... They were after. Oh, so this okay. this is Pedro is his name. And Greg Butler is the drummer. Okay. And these guys... So we, we toured for a while. And then... And then we... Um, and then we just so happened to do this, like... This thing. This MTV thing. Where they had, like... Tw- they had 12 bands. They wanted to do this thing. And we were the 13th band. And... The twelfth band order. dropped off, so they like we were like the Dark Horse. They were like, "Well, you guys can can do this thing too," because this other band, the singers is going to be a cop and he doesn't want to play music anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, and at that point, I was done with River City High. Mark was done with River City High because we'd we we was just heart. The whole situation was just so heartbreaking. We were so d- just we felt terrible about all these times spent on the road, and we just lost everything. We we were real close, and mm-hmm. then it just fell out from under us, and we did. This we did like four or five months of touring with Pedro and Greg and it just did not go as well as we wanted to. So we were done. But then MTV called us and we we're like, we'll do this thing, but it's not going to work out. And we want it. And it blew our minds. So then so then Mark what and I was were the, like,
0: the conceit of that contest. Was it bands that hadn't had opportunities like you guys had had before? Is it generally like no, because
1: some? there were there was there were a couple of bands on there that actually had like that actually on big indie labels at yeah. the time. Okay, like yeah. a super chunk or something. It like was that. like, well, there's a band called Hawthorne Heights, and uh-huh. they were known Victory, and they they've done real well. Mm-hmm. Um, they're still together, and they draw they they draw a lot of people, and they sell a lot of records. And,
0: and was this a contest that was done? I don't even remember how it worked. Is it like American Idol kind of a thing? Like it you guys through, had rounds yeah. of uh, yeah. And it was through Mountain
1: Dudes set it up, and it was like they had they had this. It was actually through the Amp Energy Drink, and and it was through them, and it was um, and we uh, and we. They did like, they definitely did like rounds. And we were, we didn't make the final round, but then the band dropped off. So they were semifinals. So then we made the semifinals because this
0: one band dropped off. They just quit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Damn. I know. I would <laughs> love
1: to thank those guys or hurt them. Yeah. Because I might have given up my dream. Really? For better or for worse. Yeah, I was done. I mean, I was like so over it. And so we won this contest. And we won Mainly, the big thing is we won money, which is great because we had incurred so much debt, River City Eye had over the years. And Bob and Jay, when they left the band, they didn't help us out with any of the debt like they they were like this is they were they, Just they were like we're leaving the it. band we're leaving the debt and i was like you know dudes like Damn. we did this together they're done so so they so Mark and i were stuck with like all this a lot of money that we owed and we were able to pay it off when we won this contest which that's was that's amazing awesome cuz we owed money to how much everybody. money was it 50 grand 50 grand and yeah. we we paid it off i mean we paid back all of Holy our debt shit yeah we i mean we owed a lot of money we had band loans and we owed managers and agents and we had a producer some money because he was we had an ep recorded that he wasn't going to release until we paid him off and um and we d- it just like it seemed like everybody we had money to and they all came knocking so did that
0: bring <laughs> you guys just back to even yeah pretty which much? was
1: which for me was like a huge weight off my sh- off my shoulders sure because at least you can enjoy being in cause a because i started again. working You're at the pub up here because i was like i need to get a job now i can't just play music because we need to pay this money back right um so and it gave us about we had and after we paid off all the debts and whatever we had about five or six grand left which we recorded, the the final River City High at record with and then and then we kind of like, we we, we. Switched the lineup up because we found, uh. We thought we, we thought we were gonna be done with the band in general. We had already kind of started writing with new people, mm-hmm. and so we were like, let's let's these new people that we're writing with we'll just still call it River City High. Yeah. So, um, and that's when Chip joined. That's when Chip Cosby when joined Brooks the band, and that's when Greg Brooks, the the drummer, joined uh, the band. And we and we did that for a, for a few for a few years. We did that lineup lasted for about uh, like two and a half years, and it was f- the probably the funnest lineup I had ever seen. Yeah, we just the shows were still awful, but, but we drank and had a great time We party the whole time. And what it made the shows fun. awful? Like uh, at that point, it's no, nobody cared. No attendance, yeah. and like we just we people were just our band um, just was a was a footnote and. That era of history, of that yeah, period. and it's too bad, you know, River City High just just did not. We started off, we, we we had a lot of momentum at first, and then it just it, the, we lost. The wind was just out of our sails. I'll never know what happened.
0: Well, when you have a name like River City High, that implies that it's, and it's not just the emo core thing. It's like, uh, um, and and I thought about uh, Avail in this for a second yeah. because they're thrown into that, and I don't know a whole hell of a lot of av- about Avail, yeah. ironically, but right. they. I've read rock, you know, journalism that's talking about them being kind of an emo, like tough guys who wear their heart on their sleeve kinda of things, right? Yeah. But there's a there's a there is the content of the songs is um is like nuanced around uh relationships, right? right. Yeah, somewhat.
1: They they write a little more about the man at the same time. They write about social the issues. The man, right. So yeah. they have a
0: little good cross-section of yeah. that stuff.
1: Yeah, they're a little less... They they write less about the, the heart. But River that, City
0: High makes you think that all the songs are going to be high school kind of level right. of maturity around relationships and life and all of that kind of stuff. Right. And and that works really well for a certain time, but you start getting a little long in the tooth. Like, sure. Do you think that... I mean, did your audience grow up, you know? Yeah, uh, probably. Yeah.
1: And I think that... Um, yeah, the, the audience probably grew up. And I also think, uh, you know, we kind of, like, lost we our direct. We kept our sound was evolving a lot on each record, and it just wasn't, people just didn't know where to latch on to the band. By the end, we were, like, doing this, like, Thin Lizzy thing that that I, that I loved, but that people were, were just not feeling yet.
0: That's not what they wanted from you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Even though that's what you wanted to do. Yeah, true. It's like... They look at James, and James is like, he's the guy that fronts the the like pretty boy kind of pop punk yeah kind of thing. But right, you're like exactly, that's not yeah. who I am. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I might smile a lot, and I have straight teeth, but I really like yeah. I want to play. But some. I like to party, guys. Let me party. <laughs> Let me,
1: yeah, I love Thin Lizzy. Um, so yeah, the in the last record, um, kind of sounds like that, and it got a good review in like alternative press and and um but it just never really you know we were on that well, That was we a weird time able. period
0: right this is like the mid 2000s mid 2000s yeah very weird time period yeah yeah and and i mean there and, and you know there really is a glut of like this is during the rock and roll revival like like totally. we kind of had this like rock and roll's dead thing that yeah. all the journalists and people in big cities are trying to say it's like it's just been done it's done to death so now everybody's going to be moving into electronica yep. and it's all about that and then a whole bunch of people said hell no nah and brought back this stuff and then suddenly you get the strokes and you got mm-hmm. and and that that Just it seems to me. I mean, I don't know what the hell necessarily I'm talking about. It's just what it seemed like to me is that this they flooded the market with two-bit rock bands again. Yeah. And um, it's not like people stopped liking rock and roll, but they didn't know what the fuck to listen to because there's just so much lame-ass like garage bands out there, real bad. Yet uh, White Stripes managed to rise to the top of that, and Black Keys managed to rise to the top of that. Because that's about when same time period. Yeah. 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 So w- did you have a period of like I uh just can't do this anymore Yeah I absolutely. Play roll. Yeah,
1: sure. I, it, with the last Riverside tour we came home and I was just like it was um this was like the summer of 2007 and I was like I, this is it was just getting really difficult. Mm-hmm. I mean I it, it just because we it just we weren't drawing anybody anymore and we were working really hard and um um it was Mark was living in London at the time. With is he still there? No, no, he's in LA now. Oh, yes, he's in Hollywood. But he was living in London. It was just, it was just getting real difficult, and um, and I just didn't really know. What we should have, but I, you know, there's these bands that you like. They just keep on going and going and going, and eventually, like it just it works. And so I, right, I feel like maybe we should have just just stuck with it. But but the fact that Mark didn't live around here anymore and it just was. Made it really hard for for us. Like we we're, were on other a dead end label too at the time when we were on this like label that just didn't really exist. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's, it's, I I started, started writing different types of songs with Long Arms and. I th- what I did you start, Long Arms? That same part, 2008, really? 2009. I just started writing songs on the acoustic and just and recording them myself, and and then we put together a band and we started playing out.
0: And um, that's five or six years. Uh,
1: yeah, we've been, been actually playing shows now um, for about four years, which is which is upsetting because we haven't done a ton of stuff. But that's just, I guess that's what happens when you're in your 30s and you start a band. Well,
0: that and, you know, look, I mean, I guess this is my attitude in being in my 40s now is like are you've experienced the fucking lottery and the jackpot a couple of times right? now. And obviously that's not what it's about you True. know it's really about like do you love playing music like do you want to be in a band like all these ideas of like do you are you on some you know linear track to the top of like money and prestige and fame you know is that really the model you know or yeah. like are you can you it does it make any fucking difference like if you ever get like you know you just keep doing it because you love it in your hometown and like playing shows and you do it because you enjoy it, it doesn't have to be justified by anything else, right? right? Yeah, you know. I and mean, that seems to be what you're saying with your actions, you right.
1: know. The new long arm yeah. stuff for me is by far, you know. I, I guess you're supposed to always say this, but I think it's the best thing I've ever done. Yeah, you know, you're supposed to say that about every new record, but I really think so. It's like the best, and I'm involved with a band of incredible musicians. They're so much fun to play with, and they're great, and they can drink anyone under the table. I'm the, I'm the soberest guy in the room. These guys are These guys. Do you are drink at all? I don't anymore? really drink that much anymore. Yeah. No. Yeah. Um, and they, they're just fun, and they'd be great. I just, I'm just, i like, God, I wish we would have been a band 10 years ago. You guys would be so much fun. But it's but
0: great that you're doing it now. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. You know? I mean, it seems to me like you've got really, like, the thing that is usually not the case with rock bands, except for the odd rock band, is this sustainable thing, you know? And yes, a lot of people get that skyrocket... And and then there's nothing, and people wind up in rehab. They wind up dead. They you know look at Nirvana for instance. You know, right. but like you know, I, I don't think it's just because we're getting older. I think it's in general the culture is starting to say that you know, I mean, rock and roll is a is a is a thing that you do because you love it and you keep doing it, and you right. don't necessarily that I that that thing that changed in the '70s when people got to be rock stars and they got to be able to get rich as shit from right. writing one song. And owning, you know, the publishing or whatever. And, like, even if they didn't, they got royalty checks. And they could just sit back and party. Like, you're not going to get to do that now. So you have to really love it and you have to keep doing it, yeah. you know. And you're not going to – and if it's a job, it, it's a job like any other job. Like, you don't get these crazy payoffs. You get right. to make a living like everybody else fucking makes a living, right. you know. Maybe forty thousand dollars a year, you know, yeah, and there's nothing wrong with that. in fact, that's awesome that you could make forty if you can make forty thousand dollars a year playing rock and roll, right, yeah, yeah, true. would you agree with that?
1: I think that uh yeah like i th- i I remember hearing like one of the the guy, one of the guys in the drive by truckers talking about how he made like he made like eighty thousand a year mm-hmm. and 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 I would have thought it would have been a lot more because I'm still thinking like you know that these guys can. Can pull, you know, I don't know, a lot more. They they're a big band. They tour yeah, a lot. They yeah. play a lot of big shows. But yeah, they make about Just eighty grand a year. But now. that's
0: better than making that money sitting at on your factory. fucking ass in a desk. You know, dealing yeah. with a bunch of other. I yeah. mean, you got to deal with Absolutely. assholes, yeah. no matter what. But I used to yeah. say
1: a better uh, a bad day on the road is better than a great day at home. But then mm-hmm. that changed a while. <laughs> Eventually, I stopped. I had a bad day on the road it really sucked. Yeah. Um Bad day, um,
0: including transmissions dropping out yeah, of vehicles. Yeah, exactly. And shit yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, Josh Hami, not that long ago, was saying that it's the sweet tortures. Like when you're home, you can't wait to go back out on the road again. And when you're on the road, yeah, you can't wait to I've get back I've heard that. I've heard
1: that. Yeah. Everyone <laughs> says that. That's like Mike Love's the same thing about, about the studio versus the, or the road. Mike Love is in the uh, Beach, Boys. Beach Boys, yeah. yeah.
0: Is yeah. he like the only member of the Beach Boys, it's still yeah, um, Boys.
1: yeah, I think so. I think yeah, it's him <laughs> and it, like Bruce Johnson. Somebody like, put
0: a picture up on Facebook about Beach Boys playing somewhere and I'm like, all I recognize is Mike Love. Yeah, like, it's just Mike Love hanging out. How could you yeah. do I, I guess it's a brand. You got yeah. a name and people are gonna pay to go see it. They're
1: playing at in Innsbruck in September.
0: I'm not down with that though. Would you go to that? Like?
1: Uh I think I, wa- I think I want to go.
0: But you're not gonna I mean there's no Brian Wilson, there's no No, there's
1: nothing Carl, yeah. there's no Dennis. They'd be dead.
0: Brian Wilson's still around, too, yeah. isn't he? Yeah. yeah, he is. Yeah, he's just... Yeah. But he, I mean, he, a long time ago, decided he wasn't going to do that shit. Last anymore,
1: year, they, they did... They all. He was back in the mix. They oh, did was did, like, the summer of shows again. And then I think Michael have kicked him out again. Or
0: something. <laughs> that's so crazy. Yeah, it's insane. I could think... that You know, the, to be the... It's just like... You what know, happened to Brian Jones. You know, there's so many people that just... Like, they're the one that has the idea. They start the thing. They're, yeah. like, really it. Yeah. And they get kicked out and, like yeah. and the business is taken from them right you know it's fucking that's america man it's a drag well so when is the next um next long arms th- i'm gonna put this up like next week so that's awesome. you know, like we're recording right
1: now um long arms is, is where we're our new record is is um in the process of being finished we have six songs already recorded and we're finishing the last five as we speak and and go, how go is I go to see is like your it.
0: stuff available like in, in, in r- local record stores? Yeah, and yeah, 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 Long arms yeah. is
1: is the first record on Spotify, and it's on iTunes, and it's I plan on. What do you
0: think about Spotify? Do you get any anything from we that? Get other than exposure? From all,
1: and You all? exposure, yeah. and it's awful for for making money. Yeah. I think David Lowry's like new thing now is he he's fuck that guy. Well, you know, <laughs> despite what you say, what what we say about him, which it's easy to to well say look, fuck that guy. He is all about making money. Uh, for musicians and monitoring what the electronic It's age okay for
0: musicians to make money. I'm not against that, all yeah. right? But I spent four years, like, driving a forklift in a, uh, you know, a warehouse, like, up in Minnesota. Yeah. And, and I kept hearing this arguing, this complaining about not, like, being able to be basically a – you record a song one time and you get to be a millionaire? Yeah. Why? <laughs> yeah. I mean, fuck that. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, and it's not like anybody else is getting to be a millionaire because they're just listening to your song you know on spotify or whatever i mean nobody's yeah. i wouldn't buy that i wouldn't i i might listen to cracker if it's free right. there's no way i'm gonna purchase it right you know and that there's very little music i would purchase because so much of it is bad you know so much of it is just or it's just doesn't matter. Right. You know, it doesn't if this were
1: communist Russia, you would just be a songwriter. <laughs> That's right. And I think they
0: had something right there a little bit. It's not, you can't force this on people. The idea that it's ludicrous that guys work in factories, don't make jack shit. And then a certain elite get to just coast over the backs of these people because they happen to do things that people find, more appealing like playing music or being actors or whatever right Um, why is that more valuable to people why do you get to just make i mean and you can't force that on people you can't think it's a legitimate question to ask and i think it's a legitimate thing to accept to find out like the new bomb turks and i've quoted them before on this art you know all work is honorable and art is just a job you know it's their song born to loose latrec right They're just like you know you do your job that's your job you're a musician you know like it, it's spent more time being something that you just got paid for like everybody else than it has this period where you get to be some kind of a god that you get to be the golden god like fucking Robert Plant where you get lucky when you're a teenager or you're in your early 20s and suddenly you're a fucking millionaire. Like, really, why is that the model? That was only for like 40 years or maybe 30 years that that was anybody's experience. And I think yeah. it's just kind of okay that. No,
1: that's a really good point. <laughs> well, yeah, we all want to think that our song is going to change the world, but what if you just write some pretty cool How stuff? About if it's just, just awesome like, that one person walks right.
0: into the fucking. You're playing upstairs at at the pub, and one person walks in there and enjoys that. Just in that. Little microcosm of the fucking world that, like, uh, you know, your friends like your band, you know, or or you make friends because they like your band, just in your community. Why is that so horrible? Why is that like the life of a loser rock and roller? And 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 you have to be like basically become a drug-addled, fucking insane person, like sitting in a penthouse hotel, afraid to go outside to be a successful rock star. Right? Yeah, that's what happens to people more often than not. Is that their life is ripped out of them? You know, they end up destroyed by that experience. You know, you're just so much better off, like in this nice balance. Yeah, you know, this
1: absolutely, man. Yeah. So,
0: so that's why I say fuck David Lowry. I mean, I don't. What does he want? You know, like what? Is, what does fucking Lars Ulrich want? Like, yeah. It's this was an artificial inflation. It was a bubble in the life of a music musician. You know, and maybe I, I mean I'm a musician, but I never expected to be a rock star. You know, and so maybe it's easy for me to say whatever but i say quit bitching and just do your fucking job
1: yeah da- yeah you know? <laughs> david is a he's a he's a loud mouth mm-hmm. but he's like but, but he's a he's he's a smart dude i mean you know talking to that guy uh, over the years you know we w- he was real mad at me one time because he wanted to produce a long a river city i record and it didn't work out and he was really annoyed with not being able to do it um and then Was he a sound of music? He was a sound of music, yeah. 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 And he was and he, but he was but he was real mean to me <laughs> and I was real <laughs> upset about it. And then and then later you know, a couple years later like I talked to him and I thought he was he I don't think he even remembered and he was real nice to me and I I still have that uh that childhood like uh, fascination with him because he was the big rock star in town when I was like thirteen, fourteen. Yeah. Um, you yeah. know, so I I still consider I'm, I still I, quake.
0: I don't don't get me wrong, like look I got nothing against the guy and, and when I hear that song you know, I hear their songs on the radio I'm like these are de- this is a decent yeah, song I don't totally. know, but as a guy who had to spend four years in his late thirties, early forties making ten or twelve dollars an hour to really work hard right and be exploited for real, yeah right like what's happening to musicians is it hasn't touched that yeah, it's not even close. There's a lot more people really being exploited in this country, right you know, like fucking worked to death, like a friend of mine sells electricity for dominion last night he was talking about this at dinner last night he's like at at these plants like people die at these plants like falling off of catwalks getting electrocuted like you know baked to death like motherfuckers are out there the dudes that you want to like buy your record are out there (laughs) you know like having their lives shortened by what they do for a living like right not because they're drinking and doing too much drugs but you know because this is a fucking hell of a way to make a living. You right. know? So I just say, really, you're lucky you get anybody who's a musician, like is lucky they get to make any kind of a living doing yeah. that, you know, and stop bitching about the fuck is going, what's over, you know. It's hard to and tell son.
1: somebody, like, you know, you should be happy with, with what you have. It's, people that are never happy with what they have, they always want to.
0: That's them. true. That's true. I mean, and that's part of what drives people to do anything to right. succeed. But yeah, I guess I'm coming with the the voice of, I have a little fucking gratitude. You That's know? awesome, like, man. That's
1: a really good point. You, stop you should st- post that in the comment section. Of David's. Well, of if Davis's anybody
0: <laughs> listens to this shit, then they can hear my two cents. about it Cause I have posted it before, uh, like on various people will put that shit on Facebook and say that. And like, again, like I'm not coming out against the idea of musicians being able to make money, but let's compare that job with a lot of other jobs that people do. You know, you're not better. That's the reason the communists cracked down on this shit so hard is the assumption that you're better than those other people. Right. You know, because you play guitar. Yeah. You know, you're not. You're, you're lucky that you get to play guitar, you know, and like have all the stuff that goes with that and get paid anything. Right. Because it's so awesome to play rock and roll you know yeah when you say that it's badass it's fucking yeah. great
1: yeah it's it's real badass
0: well thanks man I, I look forward to seeing you guys again it's been many years yeah thank you so much man it's great talking to you i just realized uh we used to talk a lot when you were my bartender <laughs> <you know? laughs> that <So>. happens <laughs> well you
1: have all this open forum of just like non-stop discussion all night long you a lot of time to kill i'm there for 10 hours yeah you would be there for 10 hours too <laughs> <laughs>
0: at least i might even stay after you. yeah i might even stay after close but whenever people will say like you know my bartender this or who's my bartender like when i was in minnesota I, your head your face would always pop in my awesome. fucking james was my bartender yeah weird it's right? crazy yeah
1: i don't i don't seem as malicious as, as a no, person but you would were pay you handled
0: you're a good bartender in the way you handle belligerent drunks of which i was <laughs> One, you know, you're like, I better get Curtis a drink because he's going to start yelling at everybody.
1: <laughs> what a great guy. I just just keep feeding you what you want like a child. So That's you right. You know, but hey,
0: it's what you got to do. You got to tame the beast. <laughs> but I mean, you're a great guy, man. You, and you handle a lot of uh, s- those situations with uh, equanimity. Apl- equanimity and a plum. Yeah. You know? Smile. Yeah. All right. A Make it look easy. All right, man. Thanks, man. Thank you. There you have it, James Menefee, lovely fellow. Kind of got a little, uh, kind of got a little lecture at the end there. I thought about cutting it out, but you know what? Listen to it anyway. It's important to remember that people work very hard for a living, and we love musicians. I love musicians. I've been one. But come on. You know, all this this new paradigm means is that most people just have to work a little harder for a living, and uh, I think that'll make the music better. Like we did. We talked about that in that earlier on in the interview. That you know, it's the struggle that makes music great. So great. If you're a musician, you're struggling, you make great music, right? Right. So um, yeah. Come on, drop on by the page when you listen to these, and uh, give me a little feedback. I uh, do see that a lot of people are checking these podcasts out. I can see that they're being recommended, some on Facebook, and, you know, obviously Taylor Steele's juice got me a lot of, uh, really spiked the listenership. I'd like to hear from you folks. Really, I know I said that at the beginning, I'm going to say it again Have a conversation. All right. All right. Peace.